and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Seitz. <laughs> you can find He's Michael. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz, and I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Broen. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. And Shane Manila. Yeah, I'm thoroughly confused what's going on. So we already did an open, <laughs> but that was for something else. <laughs> so I'll just repeat the same things. Um, so yeah, I'm excited because we've got a big show excited. tonight. We're doing a mock draft. Um, it, with a lot of really, really cool people. Can I say their names, Michael? Yes, you can. You can. can. I'm it's, from Philly. We say excited. Oh no. Right. Oh no. <laughs> we've got uh Matthew Barry. Um, some people might know him. From ESPN. He sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, We got Curtis Patrick from Rotoviz. Chad Parsons from UTH. Wow. Pat Fitzmorris from Football Guys and et cetera. I believe he's also (laughs) an editor. He does all kinds of stuff. A lot of places. Just because Jeremy put et cetera, you weren't supposed to read et cetera. Oh, I was supposed to read Okay, sorry. Uh, Pat Fitzmorris um, from Football Guys, et cetera. Yes. Um, we got Rich Dotson of the Dynasty Nerds, uh, one of our buddies. Uh, Ian Hartitz uh, from PFF. We got uh, Graham Barfield, who feels like we just had on a couple weeks ago. We did we just did. have him. Uh, was it last? No, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two we've got uh, our boy Izzy Elkafas um, from Dynasty Trade Calculator. Um, our main homie, Zach Reed from Dynasty Dummies. We've got our buddy Andy Singleton from Expanded uh-huh. Box Score. Uh-huh. We've got Samantha Holt from the Fantasy Debate. And then, and then the piece, the resistance, resistance. is uh, HQ Podcast Crow. Those guys. At the 112, f- we will crush this draft. At the yeah. 112, we will draft the best player. All right, so now what are we doing? No, that was that was pretty good, Shane. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we get the last pick of the draft, and it's going to be all three of us picking at the same time together. Oh yeah, let's lay out the ground rules for the listening audience. Right? Oh okay, what's the ground yes. rules? Okay, so this is a super flex draft because single quarterback leagues are fucking stupid. <laughs> um, they are. We're not doing any premiums. It's just going to be a super flex draft this time. Right? No, no, no. no. It's tight end premium, 1.5. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's a one and a half point um, tight end premium, like I said. It's so PPR. <laughs> it's PPR, but it's 1.5 for tight ends. That's the only yeah. premium we're doing. So exactly. Oh like I said, super flex, one and a half point PPR for tight ends, regular yes. point per PPR, regular uh-huh. point per reception for the other positions. Yes. So, I mean... I mean, I'll see what Matthew Barry does here, but I mean, it's Kyle Pitts on the table at one on one. I don't know. Well, wait, we, we, we're so. we're in a real league with a couple of these guys, and didn't Kyle Pitts go at that's, the one on one? That's why I was yeah. going to bring it up when uh, Matthew comes uh, on the show and makes his <laughs> I pick. Would not do that. Well, uh, well, but also Graham is going to be here. So Graham is Mark. about where he's he in that go. league. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. He's got right. the one hundred and seven. Now I take him before that. We already know I'm a Pitts fanatic. Um, so well, sure. I was man. I was just mentioning that Graham is also in that league, and so is Matthew, and so are we. I didn't. I w- was just checking to see if anybody else, but I don't think there is. So um, who took him at the one hundred and one in that league? Uh, CJ. Yeah, Siege. CJ oh. Kaltenbach. Cool. The Siege. The well, Siege. So like Shane said, he mentioned all the people that are going to be here tonight. It's our second annual one. It's our second annual yes. industry celebrity mock draft going into rookie draft. We did it last year, like what, a week or two before the draft, didn't we? 
Yes, we did, sir. Yeah, so this will be fun. And we already had a few people. We're only going to do one round, but we've already had a few people wanting to do more, uh, saying we should continue it. So we'll see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, they're mad at us for saying only one round. They're like, you know what? We're going to. And, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I didn't, well, why don't we invite them all in now? I don't think Matt well, – We can start as soon as they're ready. <laughs> well, why don't we do this? If you want to sponsor the draft, let us know, and then we'll we'll shoehorn your name in there. Okay. Well, after then- every pick. <laughs> Like I'll, I'll I'll do a voiceover and courtesy of State Farm <laughs> Insurance, Matthew Berry selects. And, I love know, that. I love uh, courtesy that. of Propecia <laughs> for men, Curtis Patrick selects. <laughs> oh my God! I wish I wish we could do that tonight. Um, since we we do have so many people coming in and we have a big giant show, we're going to skip the news. But if we did do the news, our news would have been brought to you by who? Shane, Thrive Fantasy. Oh, use promo code <laughs> Dynasty HQ when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars on your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Um, so deposit between twenty and fifty dollars, and they will match it. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's just so funny. We have so many people to get in here. We're using Zoom tonight instead of Streamyard so that we can fit everybody in. So why don't we do this? Why don't we wrap this up and let's get all these guests in the room, and we'll get right into the draft. Let's do it. So Let's we've go. got everybody in the room. Yay! Yay. All right, and, sorry. And I had some sort of connection issue. Oh, oh, whatever, sorry. No worries, Matthew. So you're on the clock at 101. <laughs> it's very exciting. And now, and I... Was I introed properly? <laughs> no, you need to do it. No one got on your pick. It depends on your pick, and then we'll, then we'll, then no we'll talk you up. Yeah. All right. So I said I would do this as only if I was introduced properly, which is... So we asked Matthew Bear to do this. He said he didn't want to do it. We asked him again, and he said, no, he really didn't want to do it. Nighttime is family time. Could we do it during the day? And they said, no, we can't do it during the day, but we really want you to do this. And I said, well, I'm super busy. And so still not getting the hint, they said, okay, no, no, we really want you to do it. What if we, what if we give you the number one pick? And I'm like, I don't know. It's still like, I'm, I'm still just, I'm busy and I got kids and, you know, <laughs> my time. And then they're like, well, listen, so if we, and I said, I will do it if you guys agree to introduce me. It's like, here's Matthew Berry, who didn't want to do this. And is only doing this because he's a sucker and can't ever say no. And we gave him the first pick and allowed him to bounce after five minutes. So that's that was the intro that i was promised and it's already failed so i'm now i'm annoyed well yeah, sorry about that jeremy did not say that i'm, super so. I'm officially <laughs> trading for the 101 and jeremy did not tell us that your first yeah all right <laughs> so fine so let me let me take the let me just do this dumb thing and get out of here um so i've been told that, i've been told that this is a super flex league and so yeah. And so because it is a super flex league and this is a rookie only draft, I don't know how I can pass up Trevor Lawrence. I feel like that even if I personally did not want Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's a mock. So I don't know if this is a startup or we're pretending that, you know, um, I'm the defending champ the way I am in the league that I'm in with Graham and Scott. Um, <laughs> hey, and us. Know, and I'm, us. So, I'm sorry. And I'm the, sorry. Who won that? Who won that in 2019? Matthew, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> An unworthy person is, oh, uh, is how it's listed ago. on my website. Hmm. Hmm. Somebody completely unworthy. And uh, we played you in the fantasy Vikings ball. Wow. <laughs> At any rate, 
as the two-time defending champ of that league in terms of total points scored. (laughs) (laughs) And as the current title holder of that particular league, yes, and and the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, of course, in that as well, in that godforsaken league. Uh, Anyway, so I don't know whether I'm uh, in this league, this dumb league we're doing right now. I don't know if I am... I don't know if I'm I'm the defending champ like I am in the real league or if I'm rebuilding, I don't know. But I feel like I feel like even if I didn't personally want Trevor Lawrence, the value and hype on him is so much that I believe his value in terms of trading or as an asset to anyone else in the league is greater than anyone else I could have drafted here. Yeah. Could I have screwed the draft the way Siege did our DFB thing and take Kyle <laughs> Of course I could have. But what am I? No. What am I? Siege? Stop it. I've got a reputation to uphold. He doesn't care about it. He, he doesn't care. He's just, he's out there doing whatever. He doesn't, it doesn't bother him. And so, uh, so when I thought about Jamar Chase, if this were not a super flex league, I probably would have taken Jamar Chase. But because it is a super flex rookie draft, give me Trevor Lawrence, who, as I understand it, is the greatest prospect since YA Tittle, since Johnny Unitas. <laughs> YA since, since, since they, since the, since the Wright brothers invented flight, he's the greatest thing <laughs> since sliced bread. He's actual electricity. He's he's the he's the COVID vaccine. He's <laughs> he's everything you ever wanted in a quarterback and a person plus a bag of chips. So uh, awesome. So there you go. <laughs> Am I filibustered now for five minutes? Can I leave? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. All talking doesn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matthew, Listen, he's I, also he's he also really good at taking pictures of beignets. What is that, Sam? <laughs> he's also really good at taking pictures of beignets on his Instagram. I'm terrible at that, but you know what? I'm honest. <laughs> Here's the thing: this is why the people love me. This is why the people's champ because I'm honest at least. Like I, I'm owning it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at posting pictures of beignets. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> Okay. And, and last year in the DFB Invitational, oh I crushed Graham, the Dynasty Trades HQ, and Scott Barrett, who's barely in the league, by the way, by like the way. grapes. I crushed them like grapes. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, like, at least, like, Graham has a good team. Graham has a good team. And honestly, HQ Podcast, you guys have built a really great team. I felt lucky to get by you because I don't think it, I, I don't think it'll happen next year. Like you guys have done a really nice job in that league. I have no concept of what Scott Barrett's uh, strategy is in that league, other than apparently the opposite of his partner TJ Calkins. <laughs> Whatever TJ decides, Scott wants to right. do the opposite. Exactly. It's, it's I if I win the league again this year, and I don't think I will. Again, like a lot of good teams in the league. If I win the league again this year, I'm going to take the winnings. And I'm going to give them to Scott Barrett and TJ Calkins is specifically for the purpose to go to couples counseling because, <laughs> because we're in a group chat and it's an off the record private group chat. So I cannot reveal anything that happens in the group chat. I will just merely tell you that whatever opinion Scott has of a player, TJ has the opposite. And literally it is easier for me to convince my nine-year-old daughters to go to bed. That is an easier negotiation for me. <laughs> <laughs> that it is trying to trade with TJ and Scott. <laughs> 
thank you very much thank for joining us. We know you've said it a few times. You don't want to be here, and we That's appreciate right. it very much. It has nothing, and it has nothing to do with you, lovely people. I love everyone on this call except Scott Barrett. I just—he's <laughs> not here. Is he not? Scott no, Barrett Scott's not, not here. Scott's not here. Couldn't be bothered. He couldn't be bothered for this. We replaced him. <laughs> we replaced God. Him. Well, then play this back for Scott Barrett, who's who's probably probably over at the Hanson estate, currently giving him a massage or something. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. You know, whatever. Just, well, you know, please don't fire me. Um, <laughs> you know, please just, you know, whatever. We all know Graham does all the work over there. So anyway, um, anyway, listen, no, it's just, listen, I, I got my kids and like, you know, I, I try to spend time with my, my wife and family at night because I'm working during the day all the time. So um, it's all in good fun. Appreciate you guys. Keep up the great work. Um, you know, Thank you. No, we really appreciate you coming in and, and joining us tonight. And you're right. It is always a lot of fun when you're here. We have a really good time. So thank you so much again. Have a great night. And I guess, Shane, who's up next? So with the 102, uh, with like Matthew Barry. Curtis Patrick pick, uh, after Matthew Barry had already selected Trevor Lawrence. Um, let's see who Curtis picked. <laughs> so Curtis, you're on the clock. Is that the weed in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so Matthew predictably took Trevor Lawrence. It's hard to poke holes in that pick. I think Lawrence is a lock to be the top uh, fantasy asset in a super flex draft. I think it could be Lawrence. I think it could be Justin Fields. I think it could be Jamar Chase. It could be probably Najee Harris. There are more people in play for 101, but I do agree with what you shared around uh, how you related uh, piece of just selecting Lawrence, even if it's not what you need. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow suit there. I'm going to take Justin Fields, who I uh, he's in the top tier for me. When you look back to uh, 2000, only four power five quarterbacks actually posted a season of 40 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns. He, besides Justin Fields, who did it as a sophomore, Marcus Mariota, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Murray. So two out of three, pretty good there. And I think you make a pretty solid argument that the NFL broke Mariota and he didn't enter it broken. So I like Justin Fields here. I'm in the Columbus area. Watched every snap uh, he had as a Buckeye. I don't really believe all the smoke going around about uh, his his lack of, of leadership or lack of work ethic. Ryan Day has called all of that. Basically, yes, there weren't really any scouts in the building uh, due to COVID protocols. So I think this is just teams, uh, you know, blowing smoke, trying to get in position. Would not surprise me at all to see Kyle Shanahan just go ahead and take Justin Fields. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy to take Justin Fields here. He's actually a little bigger than people might realize. Uh, 15 pounds heavier than uh, Robert Griffin III. Uh, if you want to, you know, compare stuff uh, much closer in size to actually to like a, da a Dak Prescott than an RG3. So very happy for Justin Fields here. Whoever's 103, you're on the clock. All right. You, uh, Chad Parsons on the clock. 103 didn't expect uh, to get the myriad of options that I did uh, here at 103, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Uh, he's my running back one. It is a tier of two between Harris and Etienne for me, but running backs are king. Uh, they produce early. They crush wide receivers in the first couple years. Uh, you draft them in rookie drafts. Uh, quarterbacks, I see a lot of sameness here. So, again, tearing it out, I'm going to go with Najee Harris, where a lot of the expected draft position is the late first round. If he gets first-round pedigree, a uh, big man that can move and can catch, uh, that is the formula for a workhorse in the, the dying breed in the NFL. 
And again, I think worst case, we're looking at a top 40 pick. If he gets to day two, it's going to be very early side. And he has every characteristic of saying he's going to get used early and often. They're going to really ring out that dish rag in the first uh, three, four years of that rookie contract. But let's be fair. Uh, how long do you really, this, this expectation that, you know, five to 10 years, you're going to have the same dynasty player on your team. It, it's unrealistic. A lot of times about two thirds yeah. of your roster gets turned over within a couple years span. So I'm going to get the guy that's going to have high pedigree, high usage potential potential and be an impact player probably at some point during their rookie year. And I think there's a lot of questions for, for all the other players on the board, especially the quarterbacks. Uh, so I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Uh, Chad, let me ask you real quick. Say Najee would have went off the board at uh, 102. Who would you have taken at 103? <laughs> Travis Etienne. Okay. And well, so you're based on taking Najee, you're thinking the other quarterbacks in play just aren't up to snuff. Well, especially pre-draft. I mean, we don't have expectations on who's actually going to start right away. Um, I actually have all of them in that five to ten overall range between Fields and, and Mac Jones on the bottom of that tier. So I think we have a lot of questions on who's going to be blocked right away. But also, I, I think we have a lot of questions because typically, if you don't go one hundred and one, the odds drop precipitously by getting that one of those impact seasons in Superflex. So uh, I think it's pretty risky, even though I think the upside is pretty pronounced in this class. Okay, and then Pat. So I'm pretty excited to uh, have Jamar Chase fall down to this point. I mean, really? I feel like the two bulletproof guys, totally bulletproof guys in this draft are uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Jamar Chase. I mean, for him to have that spectacular 2019 season at LSU, uh, you know, almost 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, and being the number one receiver in that offense ahead of Justin Jefferson, the guy who just lit it up as a rookie. Um, I mean, I, I feel like he's just kind of foolproof. Um, doesn't matter where he goes, Cincinnati. Um, I don't know where else he could fall. Philadelphia. Miami might end up with him somehow still. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't, he's almost like matchup proof, like wherever he goes, you're thinking it's probably a good place. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, I, I like the running backs and there's something to be said for, you know, the, the top heaviness of this running back class, because it falls off fast, man. Um, Najee's great. I like ATN. Um, but yeah, I, I just, plus you get the, the little longer life expectancy with the wide receiver. So I kind of like that. I, I know, as Chad was saying, I mean, running backs do kind of fuel, you know, they, they fuel winning starting lineups, but man, just, uh, you know, I don't want to say generational, but you know, Chase seems like a pretty special player. I do yeah. think it's interesting when you made your pick, a lot of people were shaking their head. Yes. But I saw rich rich up there was shaking his head. No, rather quickly. I just, I just thought we were in a super flex tight end premium draft. I didn't know we were in a one QB uh, PPR draft. No, it's fine. Uh, these are all very talented uh, uh, players here. It's just I I'll never understand when we have when we're in uh, these super flex rookie drafts. You know when when you're picking the top of the draft, you're, you're picking the top of the draft for a reason. Quarterbacks, yeah, pretty bad. Um, it, you know definitely when we take running backs, like you know I love Najee Harris just as the rest of them, but usually your team's pretty bad. The running backs have the shortest shelf life in all of fantasy football and in the NFL. The odds of you being a running back one more than two seasons are almost slim to none unless you're an outlier. Uh, so it's just, I mean, quarterbacks, even right now, quarterbacks in, in super flex are just worth their weight in gold. It's just hard to pass up guys. You know, like last year I was preaching Justin Herbert at one, three overall. It, it, I mean, now obviously he panned out. So it's easier to say sitting here preaching Justin Herbert. It's just, I, 
I just don't understand like when a lot of people just don't take the quarterbacks early in Superflex when they're worth if they pan out or even they're slightly above average, like quarterback 13, 14, 50, a high end QB two, what they're worth in these super flex leagues over guys that are running backs or, or wide receivers and the length of how long you get to them. And when you're in a rebuild or not even a rebuild, when you're redrafting and you're, a, you're, you're a bad team at the bottom. I mean, by, by the time you turn around that running back, you drafted is highly uh, not going to help you win a championship. When you can take that quarterback, you can bench them still go into another year uh, to have another high draft pick. It's just, I, just for me personally, I'm always take the quarterbacks high in Superflex rookie drafts. Always, like just always, because you never have enough of them, and and they're worth so much on a return if you have one that's if that pans out. So I'm not saying you know Jamar Chase is fantastic. Najee Harris is you know he's a stud. He's one of the highest graded rookie running backs. Yeah, you're talking career. positionally, you wouldn't do that, but yeah, those are yeah, but and, great I players. Mean, I, I you guess. also have to look at you know what's uh, Najee Harris or Jamar Chase compared to replacement level compared to what I don't even know who the, Mac Jones at this point. Is that who we're looking at as the next no, quarterback? I'm looking at Zach Wilson, but that's, and that's old too. I mean, we've, we've seen such a huge influx of talent at the running back position and the wide receiver position over the last three years. I mean, have we ever seen this many talented young running backs? I mean, I just saw Ryan McDowell put a tweet out and people are taking cam acres in the first round of dynasty startups. That's insane to me. First of all, that's insane. People are taking cam acres in the first round. Wow. I mean, that's, to me, I, we've seen such an influx. I'm called for a shot at Cam Akers. I'm calling I'm a shot at Cam Akers. This guy only had 100 <laughs> yard game yeah. last year. You're taking him over guys like oh, because the Chuck. playoffs don't matter. Just the most important games ever. You're gonna leave those out because <laughs> of fit your argument. Come on, well, I'm I like Cam, that. I like Cam. I, again, so when you say you like a player over somebody else, it doesn't mean you don't like that player, right? But just to take a guy like that when you're on the upside in the first round of a dynasty startup, way to way to really start off on a on a bad foot if it doesn't pan out. Um, Again, I just believe again. This is my philosophy. I'm not king of anything. This is what I just believe. It's just I think the quarterback is, you know, the reason you play superflex is to gain the value of the quarterback in the first place. So they make it the most important position. So when when you have an, they have the even opportunity to get a young quarterback is so hard to do in superflex leagues. When you're at the top of this draft, it's kind of hard to pass them up because the chance of you ever getting them again if they pan out, you're paying. Najee Harris and Jamar Chase almost together get a guy like Trevor Lawrence. He turns into a Justin Herbert or, you know, anything along those lines. <laughs> I don't know if that says Chad, but probably not nice. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I think we had this same conversation last year in the rookie draft. Uh, you, Rich, you, there was, I don't remember exactly which Chad. player, but there was a quarterback that kept falling and falling. And then you ended up taking him in the, tw- with the 12th pick. And you said the same type of thing where people just weren't caring that was- they're quarterbacks and superflex. Two years ago, and it was Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Was it two oh, years ago already? The president of the Daniel Jones. Yeah. Bank oh, oh my but, I mean, then, yeah. but you know, not not to be this guy, but what's Daniel Jones? He's wildly replaceable. He's a guy that I don't Easily want as my QB two yeah. even because he's he's just a guy to me. QB thirteen through QB thirty three <laughs> is exactly the same dude. Now, if we're talking like about a second round pick in a dynasty trade, if you look at the veterans, yeah, if we if we're talking about obviously Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, who's another guy I like, I, I can understand going quarterback. But after those three to me, meh, whatever. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, meh. Zach Wilson, I see a lot of Mitch Trubisky, just personally. I see a lot um, of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> But okay, well, hi. Is I'm Baker Mayfield a success? Yeah, I, yeah, I was, he was a quarterback one in the second half of the season. He's gonna go into it. The, uh, now we're the, dividing it into half system. seasons. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I think he's absolutely studies <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks seven? I saw on tape. 
Yeah, seven. He, he was he's great. A stud. He was the best. Stefanski's offense, which is a proven <laughs> offense with stud receivers. Yeah, one first team, and I want a uh, I want a oh, non-running quarterback. One oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, no, it's it's, it's actually Rich's pick. So everything that yeah, he said. Yeah, look, it's Rich at at pick five. Yeah. Rich. Yeah, I, I came to this draft thinking 100. I'm gonna get Kyle Pitts here, and I was gonna be ecstatic. I have all I have all this stuff to talk about Kyle Pitts and how generational <laughs> he is, and how he's just gonna dominate the fantasy world, and how 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 much like you know if you could get Travis Kelsey in a draft at 21 years old, like where would he go in this draft? You know, Travis. I mean, his, if you had Travis Kelsey last year on your DFS team, you probably won your DFS league last year. I think over 90 percent of the leagues that had Travis Kelsey won the leagues last year. I mean. I don't know that kind of number that is, but that's higher than Seth Rogen at Lollapalooza. It's fantastic. Seth Rogen is an idiot. So yeah, yeah. you're right. Oh, okay. So but I'm going to take Zach Wilson here. I'm going for the upside. I'm going for the mobile quarterback. That's, that's really accurate. Look good there at BYU uh, coming off that, the, the shoulder injury going to be taking number two, going to the jets, which who has a, who have a plethora of picks, just kind of like the Miami dolphins, which gives the two some upside yes. as well. Yes. Um, I like his accuracy. I like his arm angles to me. When I watch him on tape, he reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield and I love Baker Mayfield as everybody knows, but I also love him as a quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have an excellent 2021 here. And Stefanski's offense as he repeats his offense for the first time in his NFL career, going to the second year of his offense. I think Zach Wilson offers some really good upside with Denzel Mims and bringing Corey Davis. They have Chris Hearn in there as well with Jameson Crowder. I'm very interested in what they're going to do at running back, running that outside zone system. I, w- I love to see if they can get in like a Travis Etienne high in the second round. I think they'd be a perfect fit for him as well. So for me, I, in a super flex league here, I really want to take Kyle Pitts, but I cannot pass on the upside at pick five of the quarterback. And it doesn't matter how many quarterbacks they have because once if Zach Wilson hits, I could trade Zach Wilson for any running back that I want pretty much in the league. I could trade him for any receiver I want in the league. I could certainly trade him for any tight end in the league. And a lot of times it's that plus. So I'm going to take what's worth the most here in this rookie draft. And if I miss, so what? I'm going to have another high pick next year. I mean, obviously I want to win, but I'm taking Zach Wilson here. I think it's an absolutely fantastic pick. I think I just made the best pick in this draft (laughs) outside of Matthew Berry. Yeah. I like where my team's going already. So I'm thinking Zach Wilson at BYU. The kid, the kid look good. Couple things. Look, I'll give Matthew Barry a lot of credit for uh, making the dynasty <laughs> and fantasy football thing huge, but I can't give him credit for having the one-on-one and taking Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> two, Ian, would you like to trade? We have the 112 <laughs> and <laughs> next year's mock draft pick. Uh, for the 106. Oh my god, no. that would be in the league next year. That would hey, be hey, awesome. Hey. Ian's like, Yeah, no. hold on, hold on. Imagine <laughs> passing on 21 year old Travis Kelsey. Imagine, Imagine for a quarterback because it's super could flex. not be me. I'm drafting Kyle Pitts, all six uh. foot five, 245, <laughs> 444 speed of him. By the way, longest wingspan of any wide receiver or tight end in the NFL during the last 20 years. You know, we call him a tight end. We've called Jimmy Graham a tight end. We've called Darren Waller. People insult Travis Kelsey. They go, Travis Kelsey is soft. He's, he's more of a wide receiver. You're calling him underpaid. Sammy Watkins' original Chiefs contract was more per year than Travis Kelsey's current right, contract. Right, right. I don't know why tight ends aren't paid more than they are. They have a harder job. And I understand only Gronk and Evan Ingram have been rookie tight end ones in fantasy land since 2010. Uh, someone said generational earlier. I hate that word as well. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. Kyle Pitts seems like he's generational. It seems like an exception. We saw him ball out against the highest level of competition as a true wide receiver, as a tight end. It seems like from everything we've heard, he's going to be a top 12 pick. 
You would like to think, I know we can't assume rational coaching. You would like to think <laughs> whoever's going to spend rational. this high of a pick on this guy, he's at least going to be a top two, top three pass game option in that offense. Give me all the Kyle Pitts. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I think, you know, worst case landing spot, let's say he goes to the Giants or the Eagles. He's still going to be in that lower tier tight end one. The hype's pretty insane right now. I think he's like the tight end six on underdog and ADP. That's that's the ceiling. He's being priced at it, but you know what? In this, uh, as we're calling it, super flex uh, mock draft dynasty yes. format, yes. Yes. give me Kyle Pitts. Best pick of the draft. Like it. <laughs> he's a best pick so, so far. I mean, he's a Belindicoff finalist at the tight end position. Get out of here. You could have sniped him. Ian's, Ian's face lit up when he saw he was getting pits. When Wilson went at 105, you should have seen Ian's face. He was like, like ecstatic. Ecstatic. Ian was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, I'm mad at Pat for making me yes. take Zach Wilson over pits. At this point. Well, it doesn't <laughs> matter because I'm going to have Michael edit this show. <laughs> I, so that I can drink. So you look good? Um, Why didn't we go five You don't pick to win 12, Shane. No, what are you doing it's super flex. I do love that Shane tried to trade our our rookie mock pick next year to be able to move yeah, up to no. get Kyle Pitts. No, we That's have awesome. the one twelve. It was worth the a shot. Future second. <laughs> look, I want Kyle Pitts a lot. I'm drafting. Look, I have an FFPC league. You're not getting Kyle Pitts. Here. I have an FFPC league um, single quarterback, and I'm pretty sure I'm drafting him at one hundred one. Jane, tell us about your league. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's all, literally it. All your leagues, please. Yeah, but it's tight end premium, so why wouldn't you? I would take Kyle Pitts in the FFC League 1-1 every time. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, Graham, so the, you were saying about how excited he was. How excited are you to pick right here? Not happy. I'm not happy that I missed out on Kyle Pitts and Zach Wilson. And I also love how you guys gave yourself the 112. You automatically became the champions without doing anything. But, uh, <laughs> I do appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. We, we, had, we had no choice. That's what we had to do. Uh, oh, of course. Of course. Wait, Chad, Chad, Chad made a Zoom joke in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this like 107 range to me is kind of a dead zone because like, yeah, I, I agree with what Rich was saying earlier that like in general, quarterbacks don't go early enough in a lot of the super flex leagues. And I'm in, and I think Matthew Matthew said it perfectly off the top that like in no way should Kyle Pitts go first overall in any super flex league. That's just yes, that's just galaxy brain stuff. Um, as much as we all love Kyle Pitts, so I think this this pocket is really difficult to draft from. Um, just in general, and especially this year, it's kind of a tear break. We've had three quarterbacks go. I completely agree. Najee Harris is RB one. I'm going to take my RB two, and it's Javante Williams. Uh, I Big have, time. Big yeah, time. Yeah. I have, I have some concerns over ETN. Um, and I'll talk about them like real briefly, but Javante Williams, man, like when I was watching him for yards created, like this dude, there's like one other running back I can think of that has this, the ability to make you miss not only from like a very, very tight space, but an open field with any type of move, be it speed, be it power or elusiveness. And that's Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt was probably one of my top top five or top six rookie running backs I've ever charted. Um, I think Javante Williams is the number two running back in this class. I think his his stock has risen for all the right reasons. Um, I think people, the knock on him is obviously the lack of receiving production, but Michael Carter is a great receiver and the, the tape well, showed to me that I think Javante Williams is very, uh, he was very underutilized as a pass catcher. Um, so I'm going to take Williams here at 107. Uh, I have him over ETN because I, I think ETN might just be 
a complete boom, uh, boom or bust runner. Um, he's going to race angles in the NFL. Um, he kind of reminded me of like a, a slightly heavier Chris Johnson at times, which that can win for sure in fantasy, but I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about his change of direction ability. He had stiff hips to me. Um, and I do not see the Kamara or Dalvin Cook comps at all that are thrown out. I think he's he's way more of a of a straight line speedster, more so than like a you know the the kind of ballsy. Graham, yeah, I qual- love it. I yeah, love what of, you said. Kind of the Etn Etn is trying to you know like he caught whatever it was 47, 48 balls last year. A lot of that was on screens. A lot of that was on screens and it was not a, like a very diverse route tree. You know, he wasn't running the McCaffrey or even Edwards Alaire routes. A lot of it was very designed to get him in space. Um, I, I think ETN's being overrated as a pass catcher, and I think Javante Williams is the two. It's funny. I, I, I was paying attention to everybody's expression when you made your pick, and it was pretty much deadpan in the entire room, except for Chad. Chad, like, turned, looked down, and started writing some stuff. Were you doing something else, or were you doing something about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, people who are listening can't see, but Chad held up a sign saying, Is, isn't this a, a note super flex? <laughs> I couldn't see it either. Well, I, I just, I, I'm an ETN fan. And if he busts, I mean, he's going to be one of the bigger metric busts at the position that we've seen in quite a while. I mean, it feels like if he was coming to the league 10, 15 years ago, like his, his style and, and his where he's going to win, it yeah. probably doesn't play. But today's NFL, I mean, he's going to be one of the guys that could challenge for top five, six, seven receptions, you know, at the position. So, um, and he's going to be an early second round pick at the worst. So, anyway, I, that that's the part I disagree on. So it's the running back two versus three part. Graham, did it did it bother you at all that uh, Williams only weighed like two ten at his pro day? I mean, he kind of was below that two twenty, two twenty five sweet spot, especially yeah. with the style he plays. You know, he's kind of yeah. Like, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I thought he would be, you know, a lot of the the comps I saw was like Marshawn Lynch, and Marshawn played at like two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely undersized. I mean, Etienne frame wise is too. I mean, but if you if you expect him to be the Kamara type, then then Etienne's size is fine. Hey Williams, like with the weigh in being low, I kind of expected him to do better with his testing. Like if you shed weight, like if he did play at yeah. 220, 225, I mean running mid four fives, I expected that for, for 225. But here's where I'm gonna fight you that 40 times for RBs really don't matter. Like they aren't predictive, like really at all. Like I think if you adjust for weight, you get a little bit more signal. But in general, like the three cone and even the broad jump and the the, the explosion um explosion tests are like more predictive as long as you don't run a four eight as long as you're not elijah holyfield like as long as you're not <laughs> slow as fucking whoa, glasses whoa. you're fine <laughs> like really i mean here's the thing like kareem hunt ran a four six alvin Kamara ran a four six alvin cook ran like a four five like as long as you're in like that four five four six pocket it, I, don't, I don't know it's all about burst to me give me the contact Graham, balance Graham. breaking tackles real quick is it just me or did etn go from looking like one of the most explosive mother <laughs> we have ever seen in 2018-2019 to still being good but like I don't know I know he caught more passes last year but yeah to me he took a step back I think he did too man and I, that, I watched a lot of Clemson in 18 and 19 I didn't I like didn't watch as near as much college football last year because of the you know, pandemic or whatever but yeah just going back and re-watching I, I agree with that and like like I said ETN's ETN's game at least the way Clemson used him again, this isn't like indicative of maybe ETN's ability, but like I would, I charted ETN with like, 
I think all but of the six or seven games I charted, like all but five or six of those receptions were off like screen or just little flat plays. Like he has the speed to run like those seam routes and get up, get up the middle of the field and like really beat linebackers and safeties. But I, it's not like, it's not like he was, you know, being split out wide and running receiver routes. I mean, when he was split out wide, they're just strictly giving him the ball in space for screens. That's why I would love to see him go to the Jets like there in the second round and Mike McDaniel's oh. like outside zone scheme with Mackay Becton, you know, oh, yeah. with their tackle situation. I mean, I think he's really scheme dependent, uh, most likely ETN. But I think I think most teams draft that way. It's kind of why I like Cam Akers went over J.K. Dobbins last year too. Um, you know, you know, the scheme dependency. And I think him on the Jets would be an absolute you know, home run. Like if you put I mean, ETN on the Steelers, yeah. like I hate it. You know, I don't want, I hate him on the Steelers, but I absolutely love him on the Jets. So I, yeah. I agree with you, Graham, on a lot of stuff you said about him. But I do think he's pretty, I think I mean, 2020 kind of like took him down a step, but it, you know, over his entire career, he was extremely productive. Yeah. Yeah. The, if the, if the Jets do draft a running back, like whoever they draft in that second round, they're going to, I mean, they're going to hit, they have nothing else on that roster besides Shane's boy, Josh Adams. So yeah, Shane's favorite running back. Who's got the next pick? Let's get the next pick in before we, we get going more. What, 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 what do we have? Well, wait a second. It, it, um, it, it is kind of funny. It's funny. We're onto the seventh pick, but we, I think we've had two or three picks now that people say why it shouldn't be at the ATN when, when, when they made their pick, but ATN, yeah. ATN, but, I mean, if everyone could, keep passing up on him that's fine we'll take him at he'll fall, fall down will. to 112 but yeah. but izzy is on, izzy's on the clock right now so izzy what do you got there yeah this is uh kind of agree with Garrett. it's tough i think uh there really isn't much difference to me between a lot of these first round picks like it it goes down like step by step you lose a little bit of value here and there so you'd like to be a little bit higher naturally but Graham mentioned a tear break. I don't think there's a massive tear break. I think it's just a casual, like you just got one less favorable pick. Like you, you just move down. That's just normal. Um, sure, you would like to get your hands on some of these guys with like the highest ceilings, but I think you're still getting really good fantasy producers here. Um, I think you can go a bunch of different directions. Uh, you can go ATN here. Uh, you can go Smith. You can go Bateman. Um, you can go Mac. You can go Lance. And I think you're getting a really good player. We don't know. Like, that's the thing. We always feel like we have, like, the surefire picks. And, oh, this is the guy. This is my guy we're going to hit. Just like sports betting, you can be the best sports gambler. You can be the best poker player. If you're hitting 55%, you're successful. And I feel the same way about fantasy. There isn't anybody that can nail all these picks. There's anybody that knows what they're really doing. It's not about – it's about drafting the guys and then being able to salvage mistakes and capitalize on the profits. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And the one thing that stands out to me about all this is what, what Rich said. Rich and I have a similar philosophy, um, and it's quarterbacks. For me, they present the highest upside. If you don't go quarterback, you go running back because it's the safest floor, and you get second highest upside in terms of quick capital uh, that you can flip. Uh, so, and, and the thing is with wide receivers, they don't have as much insulation as some of these other positions. So I will, as much as I love Rashad Bateman, and I think he's the safest court receiver in the draft, um, I'm going to go Mac Jones here. And it's Trey Lance is the boomer bust guy. I like him at 110, 111, 112. But Mac seems like the safer prospect at the quarterback position, uh, despite having a lower ceiling. And if he is actually going to San Fran at three, I think him here is an absolute steal. If you really think about it, there are probably seven quarterbacks in the first round. 
in Dynasty, and they're all studs that were drafted second half of rookie drafts. You look at 2017, before Watson started being a creep, obviously he's a top 10 quarterback, drafted in the second half of... Too soon, uh, man. First, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes drafted the second half of first rounders. Uh, 2018, you have Lamar and Josh Allen drafted. Josh Allen was kind of like mid, but he did fall second half quite a bit. Lamar fell late into the first round. Uh, and you look at 2020 with Herbert, he was a second half guy. So you have six quarterbacks, or excuse me, five quarterbacks here that are in the top 10 of rookie drafts that were drafted in this position, right around this position in rookie drafts. And that is where the value is gained. Like for me, it's the quarterbacks. So I'll take Mac Jones. I think he's safe. Um, I love the landing spot. If he actually goes to San Fran, I'd be surprised if they went with Mac Jones. I do like Mac Jones a lot more than dynasty Twitter does. So I might be in line a little bit with, uh, with the NFL and if they value him as highly as they actually do. Um, And I think if you look at Mac, the only thing I don't like about him, well, outside of not being a blazer, but he is in the Goff, you know, Matt Ryan. He's a tier below Joe, uh, Joe Burrow in terms of athleticism, but he's not Joe Flacco. He's not going to be a, a statue in the pocket. Uh, he's mobile enough to roll out and make the throws, and if there's opportunities, he'll, he'll, he'll take those opportunities and run. So I like him there. The one thing I don't like about him is if you watch Mac Jones, more often than not, he's sh- – he's – expecting pressure that isn't there so he'll make passes and he'll short art them or it's similar to what sam Darnold did at usc he he drives the ball but he drives the ball and braces for contact and half the time there's nobody even near him that's the one thing that i do worry about because if he does get hit a bunch of times in the nfl i think that becomes a bigger and bigger issue for him at the next level but other than that i think he's a safe prospect especially if he goes to san fran thinks a dynamite pick he goes to San Fran, he doesn't have to do anything. He just needs to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think half the people in this room could be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Zach is sitting there. Uh, you've had a big smile on your face for a little while, and I know you've been waiting to say, what am I doing here or whatever, but what are you going to pick right here at this pick? No, I'm, I'm actually really excited that Izzy took Mac Jones because that opens up an awful lot of room for me to play with. Uh, and if this was a real rookie draft, if this was a real league, I'd be looking to trade back because I've got four players on the board right now that I am really, really excited about. But but since we're we're mocking this, uh, I'm going to take my highest uh, graded player, and it's this is going to cause some consternation because the group is not going to agree with this. But my highest graded player is a tier one wide receiver for me, and it's Rondell Moore. And I know that Rondell Moore is undersized, and I know that he's a slot receiver, uh, but he. Wait, you're, you're happy that I took Mac Jones so you could take Rondell Moore? I am, <laughs> I am, I am so happy. Be- well, because I would have had to take the quarterback, and that's not fun. I get to that's have some question fun. I was going to ask actually is he, if that's the if, if you were just doing that based yeah, on just, um, yeah, just yeah. messing with Zach. Well, no, so because this is this is fun. Taking Mac Jones is fine, but it's not like that's that's the value play. That's not fun. Taking Rondell Moore, taking a guy who came out in, in his pro day and ran a four two nine, taking a guy who drove one hundred and fourteen targets as as a freshman, you know, caught twelve touchdowns, had over twelve hundred yards, and and my my, my write up for Rondell Moore starts off the mosquito is the deadliest animal on the planet. 
not sharks, not cobras, not crocodiles, mosquitoes. They kill yes. more people than any other animal. And look, they're small, but they're nimble, they're driven, and they're perfectly designed for what they do. And that's exactly what Rondell Moore is. Rondell Moore is going to come out. He's going to eat in the slot. He's going to drive targets. This is a PPR league, I, I assume. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very happy getting more. But if this was a real league, I'd trade back four spots and still get him and, and be happier because I added, added another pick somewhere. Yeah, you'd want to trade back there. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think in general, um, I look at this as like a 14-player just solid tier where you're getting yeah. a potential top 12 player at the position. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't have to take, if this was a real league, I would also be trading down from my spot and getting more value because somebody's going to like some sort of player here. So I think you're spot on there. Uh, so you can't trade down. You got to take Rondell more, but yeah, drop him down four or five picks, maybe even six picks and still getting Rondell yeah. more as possible. You mentioned that everybody in the room would react, but the two people that reacted the most were Rich and Sam. Uh, Rich was shaking his head and Sam made this face. What did you think about that, Sam? <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. So I'm just waiting like at 11 just to see what falls to me. And so when some pe- when someone's gone, I'm like, oh, okay, take a note. Oh, okay, take a note. Because I feel like when you get to the back half of this, and obviously it's so early, and when I do my rookie rankings, I'd love to do it after they've landed places because I just hate getting my hopes up on these guys because it's all dependent on where they go. It doesn't matter. We can get all excited about someone, and then they end up somewhere, and then we don't hear from them until the 15th week in this actual season because someone got hurt, and now they get to play up. So for me, it's I go back and forth on all these spots. So I'm just like waiting with bated breath just excited to see who falls to me yeah, at 11 you still have I mean, to pick you still have to pick at 111 it doesn't matter yeah. you, no you exactly it doesn't matter so it's just like it's like oh okay Rondell Moore no because I'm excited to hear your reasoning for these guys because then I'm going to take that knowledge into whatever drafts I take because it's also great to hear your guys's takes on why you like them where you're taking them so that was more like a face of like oh Interesting. That's higher Interesting. than I would have thought. Love to hear why. Unbelievable. It's all. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. So nobody wants to trash Zach um, for the Rondell Moore pick. Just no. Actually, I, I actually I wanted to say I love that pick. I think that might be the best wide receiver in this class. We'll see. I mean, the the fact that um, he's so strong from the slot and that's a big place. The NFL likes. Um, you know, honestly, top definitely top uh, three wide receiver for me. So good job, Zach. I think a lot of those wide receivers are like, I think Elijah Moore and Rondé Moore are like, yeah, I mean, you could take one or the other for me. Um, I have, to, I actually have Devontae Smith is my number one receiver in this entire class over Jamar Chase. Uh, actually, for me personally, I think he's just, a, I think he's just the best, uh, safest wide receiver in this class. I mean, that I kid's absolutely it, yeah. fantastic. I mean, uh, the first Heisman winner to position over 50 years, super smooth. Uh, I think he actually plays tougher than Jamar Chase. Uh, I, I think Jamar Chase is actually a little softer. Then Devontae Smith and Devontae Smith is actually, you know, only 170 pounds. I mean, he's ironic. Smooth. He's small, but he plays big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, Jamal, Jamar Chase is a baller. He's my one, too. But Devontae Smith, I mean, he's so smooth and he plays so aggressive. I mean, for a guy his size, you see a lot of those guys try to run and get out of bounds, but he'll he'll keep it on bounds to go for that first uh, down. He's got extremely long arms. There's there's no catch that's outside of his radius. He, he's got glue for hands. He's so smooth in and out of his breaks. And, and last year, I mean, Jerry Judy was a top, what, top 15 pick. I mean, he, this is, you're talking about a receiver that outproduced Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle on this, uh, you know, pre, you know, unbelievable Alabama team. So yeah, to use BMI as the only reason to like value a wide receiver is stupid. 
Like, yeah, but that's, I mean, that, well, that, that's that, not that, the only thing people are knocking but, for. Let's not pretend that's def- literally no, that, the only thing. That is also the that biggest thing. It's not. No, it's not. It's the fact that he broke out when he's like 36 years old. Okay, Shane, Shane, Shane. The hit rate on four-year wide receivers. Jerry, Judy, and Jalen Waddle. the analytics guys. Devontae Smith had 68 catches for nearly 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns as a junior. How the game winning touchdown as a freshman from Tua in a championship game? Uh, I mean, he probably had like a couple game. of really good games in high school too. <laughs> Alfred, he's he's he had every fucking game he played. It's fine. It's fine. You guys, it doesn't matter. He's a little Smith. older but than average. I love that he's, he's going to play. He's going to play bigger than his size and get blown the fuck up on an NFL <laughs> football field by a two hundred and twenty pound linebacker that can <laughs> run. There's, oh, there's tons of receivers that play that size. I mean, they're out like Marvin Harrison. You know, Chad Johnson was a smaller guy. Yeah, it's We're not literally like naming talking. Hall of Famers, and if you think he's a Hall of Famer, great, great. I just, you know what I mean. That's fine. But like, I, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I also okay. think we're never going to finish this draft because, like, <laughs> okay. this mock draft is never going to end. Uh, it's, it's very fun. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy, everything's good. So, Sam, the the one thing that you didn't say with with your reaction to that is the fact that you are at eleven, and you're like, oh, okay, with those picks. It's always a great feeling when they take somebody that you had no interest in when you're getting closer and closer to your pick, too. You know, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then. Because I second guess stuff all the time. I'm like, shit, should I have taken that guy? He wasn't even on my radar. And then I go and rework my entire board. So that's <laughs> laugh and talk shit. That is pretty funny. <laughs> well, you're one pick away from you. So we'll, we'll so see close. what happens with Andy now. So Andy, you're on the clock. Well, I, I was starting to worry that the actual NFL draft would come and go faster than this. Really, but um, <laughs> Happy to finally get to say a word here. I know. Also, Where have you been? Uh, well, I got a headache, and you guys honestly haven't been making it any better. But <laughs> I've been trying to figure out for the last hour what a <laughs> award show Chad is hosting, even though he left now. I've, I mean, standing up with the mic, that was pretty interesting and entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so much has changed in, in a month. So to be sitting here at 10 uh, with uh, my QB2 still on the board and Trey Lance is boring for this year. Uh, but if rumors are true that Atlanta might be a destination, I mean, he's baked into next year having uh, Julio Jones and and uh, and uh, what's yeah. his name, Calvin Ridley. Yes, uh, so, I, I mean, you're automatically walking into a, a beautiful situation. So uh, that's the pick. Uh, but part of that also is uh, I'm assuming this is a snake draft. I could be wrong because I don't really know what the f- we're doing here anymore. But. <laughs> Um, let's just assume it's a snake draft. I still got four top receivers that are coming right back to me. Uh, so I'm pretty happy there. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks to me, it, it's right here. It just drops off a cliff. Um, listen, Kyle Trask, I still think Kyle Trash. Yeah. I, I listen, I still believe that he could be an NFL quarterback, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but I mean, that's what you're now uh, you know hitching your wagon to so uh it's five qbs and then it falls off the cliff um running backs kind of in that boat too i mean there's you know obviously etn still on the board but uh after that you got a couple nice guys that are in that kind of realm but the receivers are just stacked and uh you know i don't feel the need to to put the foot on the gas and take one here especially as i mentioned trailer is my qb too uh period i love the size uh the arm I mean, this guy can throw it 60 yards with, with ease. It reminds me of Kyle Murray and looking at some of the throws he made. Uh, best running quarterback in this class, but he's not a runner. 
And the thing I love about watching his film, and especially in comparison to a guy like Zach Wilson, is um, guys talk about the competition level, whatever. I don't care about that. I'm looking at where he's putting the ball. He's putting it where only his guy's going to catch it. He's not. That's why he had limited turnovers. I mean, one in his college career. Uh, Zach Wilson had a lot of balls that looked like they should have been picked off and I think lives between the 20s, and I think people are going to be in for a rude awakening uh, in, in his professional career, at least out of the gate early on. Uh, Trey Lance, though, puts, the, puts passes where only his guy can get it. Um, that's, to me, a skill. Uh, I love the size, and I love the chip he plays uh, with on his shoulder. Uh, we just watched college basketball. I mean, to me, he's like the uh, Jalen Suggs of quarterbacks and of the college football world, so I'm happy to get him here at 10. I mean, I'm actually ecstatic to get him here at 10. I'm happier getting him here at 10 than whoever was getting Kyle Pitts at six. <laughs> yeah, and I will say this too. Like, I, uh, before Josh Allen happened and hit, I would be far less excited about Trey Lance at the next level. But if Josh Allen can do what he did and progressively, because a lot of the same concerns with Trey Lance are the same concerns that people have with Josh Allen, m- me included, uh, where it was a competition thing, production wasn't there, accuracy wasn't there. There's a lot from a statistical perspective to be desired with Josh Allen. And you can say some of that with, with, uh, with Trey Lance too, but Josh Allen's growth in the NFL and just like the untapped ceiling that Josh Allen had is very similar to the untapped ceiling that Trey Lance has. So it's, it's the absolute home run pick is why I mentioned when I took Mac, it's like, if you get Trey Lance, 110, 11, 12 in that range, I mean, the odd, it, the odds are not great that he's going to be a top five quarterback, but he could be the absolute home run pick in this draft. Like he's got that sort of upside and getting him this late is, is phenomenal. I think you're absolutely spot on with the wide receivers being so deep, and I think that's a, it's a great pick. Definitely being a one ten. I mean, you just missed a championship game there too, so you can, it's not like you need Trey yeah. Lance to come in and, and play for you, so you can let him develop. And like I said, if he turns into Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, I mean, sky's the limit for your team. Really is. It's just it's why you got Andy. It. One issue I have to take with Izzy because I just have to take issues with Izzy whenever I get an opportunity. <laughs> but uh, your Mac Jones hate. I mean, this guy just set the single-season record for I completion love percentage. Jones. I know you're talking about uh, your your concerns of short-arming balls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I, I got to be – like, I love Mac Jones. more. Than, he's my QB3, so, like, I have him pretty high. I have him higher than most people do. But I'm not the guy that's going to – I love Rashad Bateman, and he's my wide receiver one, but I know that he has a lower ceiling than Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. So it's like I am very realistic with – with the guys that I like and why I like them. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm basically like the missionary position of scouting where <laughs> I just want the safest, you know? And that's like, Sam's face is in hands. That is exactly what I, yeah, it's like, you guys are still married. Guys, yeah. We're <laughs> missionary, <laughs> but there's a reason why. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause you're married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Like, wait, wait, we're going the wrong direction. We have more experience than you. Though. And the thing is with Mac Jones, it's not even that he had he had an all-time great. If you love Joe Burrow, and he was your 101, I don't know why you would hate on Mac Jones being 108. Like they had, he had Mac, or Joe Burrow had better weapons. He had that one bomb season, and Mac Jones from a QBR perspective had a better season than Joe Burrow did. And he only did it, he did it with only Devontae Smith because Jalen Waddle was hurt. So yeah, it's like exactly. people talk about his oh his supporting cast like it where is it you know but yeah I love Mac Jones missionary Mac I'll call him that we'll go with that <laughs> and I love you guys with your fervor on quarterbacks and I'll say that there's not a quarterback 
that people are like looking at that has a higher ceiling than Justin Fields. All those guys that everybody you think they're trading up for. None of those quarterbacks <laughs> have a higher ceiling than Justin Fields. Just like nobody had a higher ceiling than Patrick Mahomes and other guys. Oh, that's I'm, good sorry, I feel the same way. Yeah, anyway. 102 in this. Yeah, he went 102. Exactly. So, yeah. so, you know, Andy, yeah, makes stuff so but Shane, <laughs> Shane, you're not picking. It's Sam I was going to let Sam know that but, she can finally make the pick. And then after that, I'm, I'm making three picks in a row. No, um, but before we show. do this, but wait, no, before not. we do this, Andy, that's awesome that you got your number two guy at, at number 10. It. But this is a rookie draft, so it's not a snake. You don't pick again for another twelve picks. So uh, yeah, when you done. when you mentioned, I mean, I'm used when, to, listen, I'm used to being at the back end of the round, anyways. So. Right, but when you mentioned <laughs> you you mentioned that you would get your quarterback here, and then in four picks you'd get one of those wide receivers. Uh, unfortunately, you wouldn't pick for another twelve. So just to but let you Sam know, Sam picks here. So Sam, you are on the clock. What would you like to do? <laughs> what are you I'm on the clock. Well. Um, Right before you went and took Trey Lance, I wrote down three names. And the top of my list of those three names was Trey Lance. So thanks for, for that. Um, but the next name on that list is uh, Travis Etienne. And that's just because someone mentioned it earlier. It's because when you're going for rookies, you're trying to get someone that, you know, running back is such a divisive position. They get hurt so damn easily and they're hit or miss depending on where they end up going. But I love that Travis Etienne is just one of those running backs that can catch and be multifaceted in different ways. So I want to get someone that's going to be a bit of a Swiss Army knife for me in that position. So for me, I like his different abilities that he has. And I just hope he ends up with a team that's going to utilize him in the passing game just as much as he should be. So for me, Travis Etienne is a safe pick. I don't know that it's a missionary pick, but I think it's a safe pick. (laughs) He's a badass and that's a badass pick, Sam. Travis Etienne is not missionary. There's nothing yeah, missionary about yeah. that, dude. There's, that's a huge pick, Sam. That's great. And it's yeah, definitely don't, don't even feel bad. Yes, it's definitely a devastating bad. pick for Shane because the moment you did well, that, because because that's what <laughs> I was looking at. Yeah, Shane's gonna try to make our pick for us here. We're gonna see what he wants to do. Well, I don't care now because at one twelve, <laughs> exactly. I was at one point. I was looking at either Trey Lance, who at one twelve is ridiculous, or Travis Etienne, who would also be ridiculous. But now this would be like you know, I'd have to go. Oh, I should have traded Sam. <laughs> There's so many good players. Left. I don't. I don't care. Okay. You guys pick whoever you want. <laughs> Let Mike do. No, I'll go ahead, one Jeremy. One you you just said no, there's plenty of no, players. No, no, that, no, no, no. Well, I'll tell you no, what. So, and I, no. I, I don't even like him, but I'll take him here. I'll take um. No, I'm not taking Devontae Smith. Fuck him. Um. No, that's, that's <laughs> actually that's who we need to take here. We're gonna take. I'm not Devontae even kidding. Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah, no, that's who. I think that's who you have to take right now. Yeah, you're almost. That's a gift. Just take him. Yeah, and I already explained why, so we're good. Then. Yeah, and that's who I thought. I thought it but... shows how deep, you know, in, in Superflex, how it's deep insane. this first round is and how, yeah. like, you know, I, how good I, you're feeling coming out of it. I want to take a quarterback and there's players, but, like, Devontae Smith is still there. Take well, what's, what's crazy is by the time <laughs> the actual you're having your rookie drafts is that Kellen Mond is going to be a first-round rookie pick because he's well, going to get picked in the first round of the NFL he's gonna draft. Be a, he's going to be a second-round NFL guy probably. Second rounder, I think. Uh, all indications are right now that he's going to go in the first. And um, someone's going to overdraft Kyle Trashcan, and then someone's going to do the same thing in your league. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm going to be getting Travis Etienne in the second round of drafts, and I'm going to be the happiest boy ever. 
I want to hear Zach. Zach, tacit assassin, explain to us why what Shane said was kind of crazy. What, that Kellen Mond is going to go in the first just, round? Just I, I have no idea. I'd say, look, I, I, I wait I wait for the, the draft to, to tell me what to do after uh, after I've done my evaluation. So, like, now we're at the now we're at the holding pattern. Like none of this matters. This was great. It's a good exercise, but until you see where guys land, I mean, it's all speculation, man. Okay. <laughs> well, that. What and- else are we gonna do with our free time besides <laughs> guess and wonder and hope and get our hopes up? up and true. then when they go somewhere we hate, get all upset and heartbroken. <laughs> like that's all we have to do right now before we actually have the draft. Well said, Sam. And it's funny, Sam, because that that p- pretty much is what everybody does in January, February, March, leading up to these drafts. But for for the people that are still here, I know a few people had to leave and everything. Was there anything that stuck out to you that should have been there, shouldn't have been there? Was there somebody that was missed by? all of us that didn't make it in there um well you know honestly i don't know the order we should probably paste it in over on the chat because i don't really remember well how about we do this how about we have sam say the list shane instead of you so sam what was the list one through 12 uh one through 12 in order was trevor lawrence no surprise from matthew barry it was great to see him and then we had justin fields Najee harris jamar chase zach wilson Kyle Pitts at six, which I feel like he's going much higher in a lot of mocks that I'm seeing, but that's because everyone's got the Kyle Pitts fever. And then you've got Javante Williams, Mac Jones, Rondale Moore, Trey Lance, Travis Etienne, and Devonta Smith. Thank you. So, so let's start with you then. Is there anybody that you feel was missed in this or somebody that surprised you in this? Um, I think it was surprising to see Rondell more, though I'm excited to watch more tape and see the reasons why for myself. So I love that. Um, I had Jalen Waddle higher, but I feel like because there's so much depth at the receiver, that's why he dropped further. So I'm hoping to see that in my other rookie drafts, that more receivers drop so I can get that good value later. Because I feel like he's someone that is probably going to get slept on, but is ready to play now in the NFL, depending on if he goes to the right team. Um, So to me, that was exciting to see how some guys went higher than I would have expected, but I'm also excited to see who falls in other drafts that I do. Awesome. You know, if we were continuing the, the next three people, four people actually are gone, but Pat, you would have been next. Was there somebody that you think was missed that you would be happy to grab at your pick? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with Izzy, like feeling that, Bateman is really safe. Just a, a guy who, you know, is is going to be a good NFL receiver. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but I think he's going to be a guy you would want in your lineup for years to come. So, yeah, like I've I think I've been in like three mock draft drafts before this industry mocks. And I think I had Bateman like I kept getting at the end. I kept getting Bateman at the end of round one. So, yeah, it's interesting with with him, too. It's like. He's falling into the sim. Like we had the same thing with Justin Jefferson. It's like, well, he just doesn't have the upside, right? There, is he going to play in the slot? Can he play outside? The whole thing, and it's just really good football player. And my comp for Bateman is actually Adam Thielen, um, somebody that's really good football player, doesn't wow you, but is a technician and does everything really well. And that's what I think Bateman is. I would say, like, I, I think that. Bateman is meant to be outside. I think it was a mistake mm-hmm. yeah. for PJ Fleck to move him inside last year. Like yeah. he's an outside guy. I mean, he is a good boundary receiver. And in NFL, he's going to be an outside guy, and that's why I like him a lot. And that's why I like Terrace Marshall and some of the other guys. But there's an order. It's because of their ability to play outside. 
there's a lot of slot receivers in this draft, a lot of slot receivers in every draft. And, you know, you know, you, you prioritize them, but the guys that do the majority of their snaps in college outside and are good at it, even Tylen Wallace, people look at him and think, Oh, that's a slot receiver. No, he's probably an outside receiver and that's probably the knock on him. And he's not, you know, rated as highly, but with Rashad Bateman taking most of his snaps outside. Yeah. I think I think that's a guy that's totally underrated because of his ability to do that. That's why I love taking these running backs, you know, one, two, three in this draft. Even if some of these receivers are better, it's because the depth that receiver position. It's your if you're at one, 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 two, one, three, you're going to get a really good quality upside guy there uh, at two, one, two, 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 three. Like I said, I mean, the fact that we we still have Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Rashad Bateman still on the board. Is insane. Now, obviously, it's super flex, so you get those five bumps by the quarterback, which would, you know, in a one PPR QB league. But huge matter. value still, yeah. But even if you go later, like deeper guys that are in the draft, even guys like I mentioned, you know, I do. I like Austin Watkins tape a lot. You know, and he's a small school prospect. Uh, I think Nico Collins, who sat out last year for Michigan, offers some really good upside to the receiver position. I think, like Easy said, that, that, that tier where you take a step down, that other tier, which is called the third tier. Essentially, there's some really good quality guys there where after the running back position, you're, you're shooting your shot on guys like, you know, um, Khalil Herbert. You're looking at Michael Carter. You're looking at Kenneth Gainwell. And it's such like it's like, yeah, give me those top three guys. And I'll, I'll rather shoot my shot on those receivers later. Uh, the fact that all three of those receivers are still on the board, it's, it is. It's crazy. And, you know, you know, Zach took Rondale Moore, which I love because you should. I always say it on Twitter, too. Like, take your guy. Like, yeah. if, if Dynasty Twitter yeah. is saying, oh, that's a bad pick. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, this is my guy. I put yeah. time in. This I've always guy. liked this guy. I'm taking him right Yeah. Here. Like, take yeah. your guy. Like, for me, I wouldn't take Rondale Moore there. But, again, the difference between Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore to me, it's nothing. Like, it's nothing. You don't talk shit about it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay. You know. And to, so, the, to that point, though, I, I, that's where, you know, without having the benefit of knowing what Chad's mock dynasty team looks like, uh, taking Najee Harris over Chase there just seems odd, like, uh, considering that you would assume he's in a rebuilding phase that high at the draft. So to take somebody, provide a more immediate value and short-term value at that. Um, I would never, ever take a running back over a quarterback that was a top 10 pick in the NFL in a super flex league ever. I don't care if it's Adrian P. I don't care who it is. Like I'm taking the quarterback. Like I, that's why me and Izzy are dynasty best friends because we have the same philosophy. It's just like, you got, <laughs> you just have to do it. Like you can trade Lance. And one dynasty best friends. I love you know, but and like, and then you're giving me shit about like taking Daniel Jones and preaching about it. And Daniel Jones still has some upside. The offense line was terrible. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like, yeah, you shoot your child. But at the same time, I would counter that argument where I was preaching the same exact thing about Justin Herbert, where it's like, oh, you can't take Justin Herbert as high. I mean, I traded up with Nick Whalen in our league. Is he to get Justin Herbert? He's like, this is your guy. I'm like, hell yeah, it's my guy. And I was preaching, like, there's no way you should take anybody over Justin Herbert. So I was saying the same thing about Justin Herbert that I was about Daniel Jones. And I may be wrong about Daniel Jones, but I wasn't right about, you know, I wasn't wrong about Justin Herbert. Yeah, so, you have a process in that, and that, that and makes sense. Those yeah. are the literally two-point counterpoints. Like, you have the upside of a guy like Justin Herbert, who's a first-round dynasty startup pick now, compared to Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, okay, maybe it doesn't pan out. But, like, those are the shots you have to take definitely when you're picking that high in a rookie draft because listen there's nowhere else to go you're already at the bottom you know what i mean why are you taking a running back when your team's already shitty and it's the most easy plug and play position in yeah all of you're gonna get a running back no problem that's easy to fix are you gonna get well, a quarter sure. are you gonna get a a, a, a you know a, a quarterback that's gonna be your like um dynasty guy forever. yeah and good luck trying to trade for a young quarterback in a super flex speed people are asking you for your firstborn child and your dog which is <laughs> unbelievable and your first round pick and that stupid you know, running back that you took already. Sam, <laughs> yeah. Sam, you were you were trying to say something? Go ahead. 
No, I was just I was just going to agree. I think that the the value in Superflex with quarterbacks is like you just said. When you're going throughout the season, obviously players get hurt, people get jumping in, and then you don't know how someone's going to pan out. People were really high on Daniel Jones. Well, he did what he did, but now he's got a ton of weapons. So if you're someone that held on to him as a fantasy owner in Dynasty, he's got so many good weapons that if he fails now, now completely it's on him. But at least he's going to be well set up to be that QB2 in a super flex league or even just ride the bench if you were happen to be smart enough to stack up at quarterback. He's not a terrible second quarterback. We're talking super flex. He's not your number one guy. He's your extra guy. So yeah, with someone like that, you get him where you can get him in a rookie draft. Right. But also Justin Herbert happened to get lucky in that Tyron Taylor got his lung punctured before a game yeah. and it became his team. So where's Dr. I know. Hopefully he's fired. <laughs> and, and it's not only that it's, it's, you look at Darnold, you look at Darnold and Daniel Jones, two guys that I think we can all agree have struggled to hit the mark, right? Darnold now has, is starting to reach that high second round value. He might actually reach that low first round value and he hasn't done anything. So he still has value insulation. Same with Daniel Jones. Like there's still assets. This is economics. Like, simple economics where it's just supply and demand. Like there aren't enough good quarterbacks that you can rely on and everybody's desperate to get that guy. So it's, I don't know why you fade that for receivers where you can get, I mean, there's 40 receivers that'll produce for you on a week to week basis that can give you wide receiver one numbers randomly, but you can't get that at quarterback. If I could push back on that, like, I mean, I, I, if you really believe that Jamar Chase can't miss, like, I don't know about Zach Wilson. I don't know what the, the pot odds there are. Like, you know, we could debate the, the film and everything. And, you know, I could push back and say a lot of that film was against Sam Houston State or UTEP or whoever he was playing. And, um, I mean, it's just, you know, the road to ruin with quarterbacks is littered with the Achilles Smith and <laughs> Christian Ponders and Mitch Trubisky's. Like, there's something to be said for knowing that, you know, the, the bust percentage on Jamar Chase is like 5%, whereas, you know, it, it's 50-50 that Zach Wilson is going to be like a, a steady. Exactly, yeah. Starting That's NFL. I would rather draft Jamar Chase, no matter what league I'm in, I'd feel safer drafting Jamar Chase than Zach Wilson. Like, I don't worry I like as much. Dynasty, I don't worry as much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I play it safe bit. sometimes. That's how you get stuck in the middle, man. It's like the worst I, place to I, be. I, I, I'll just go jump ahead. in. I go mean, ahead, I don't Shane. think no one, no one's saying you know you draft Jamar Chase over Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think everyone feels like those are the ceiling guys. At least, well, not Rich. You, you got Zach Wilson too, right? A couple of you have Zach Wilson too. Um, so maybe it's just a difference in opinion on the, what the what the player we think they're going to be. I see Zach Wilson as a guy that's going to be a low end QB two, a mid QB two. I can get them anywhere in a league. I have mid second round picks. I get them all day. And it's just a guy. Jamar chase is not a guy that I can get off everyone. Jamar chase is Justin Jefferson. You try to trade for Justin Jefferson. He's, going like six off the board in, in you know, in, in Superflex leagues. Now, I would love for you to go into any Superflex league and offer a mid-second for Daniel Jones Yeah, see what that owner tells you. Like, <laughs> he's going to hold on him because he's going to go, oh, no, he has more value than that. But he doesn't. He scores 12 points a week. Yeah, but you're right. – yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. He may not be worth it, but good luck trying to get it. Like, like as he said, you're supply also not gonna, and demand. I know, Just to have a quality guy there. You can also, but, but that's one of those – he is fake value because it's going to – well, he's worth a first. Well, no one's going to give you a first for him. Not in any league. Well, I'm in. 
I will say one of the biggest misconceptions in Superflex is that you have to start a quarterback in your Superflex exactly. spot. Yeah, that's that's, probably, and that's why I agree with Shane. Like what what he just said. Like at some point you have to crop. You have to draw the line. Like if you think you have a money player at wide receiver, or running back, you have Najee Harris. You have Rashad Bateman. I'm taking those guys over the marginal quarterback, and I'm sorry, Mac Jones is marginal. But you you take and, and that's personal. But whatever that guy is that's marginal for you, you take that wide receiver and running back because why? You're going to get more from him. And I get it in super flex leagues, you want the quarterback, except that you don't want the shitty ones. There, there, so yeah. no, well, there is a benefit backs. right. There is a benefit right it, now though, in in that we assume that Jones is going to San Fran, which right. is basically what Alabama's been. So if you look at the weapons he has and how he's going to be used, you can say, okay, at least I feel comfortable about where this guy winds up. If you think he's marginal, fine. But to invest in it now, knowing that 90% chance this is where he winds up and this is what he's going to have and the floor is going to be his, I think that tremendously adds value to, uh, to his You guys stop. all play oh. fantasy football. You guys yeah, all yeah. play fantasy football. Who do you think, if you were to just think of fantasy football alone, and you traded up to the third pick in this draft. What's the quarterback that you would want specifically, strategically, only fantasy football, not anything else? Who would Justin, you trade up for? Justin Fields. Anybody? I, would agree, it be? With, I agree with Rich. It's, it's yeah, Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. And it's There's not no because... other quarterback worthy of trading up for in this class. I'm well, cutting with Andy on Lance. Yeah, I'd move. I'll tell you what, if Lance is yeah. floating around there at like 107, 106, 107, I'm, I'm doing my damnedest to trade up to get him there. I don't think I'm moving up to three to get him, though. No, I, no, 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 definitely not. I love no. Trey Lance, but I wouldn't trade up to third for him. I wouldn't trade up for Mac Jones. I wouldn't trade up for Zach Wilson. There's but, one, but this, one that's why we're over here and not over there. Like, we, I think we all do this, um, and we shouldn't. We're not better than these guys, uh, as much as we think it is. And we highlight how many mistakes NFL teams Speak make. Speak for yourself. If you still, listen to my podcast, you're better. unbelievable, Izzy. Rich, I know you're the best. But I love how I love how Izzy says something that we all believe in, and everybody gives him shit about it. <laughs> but it's like, it's if the league is telling us Mac Jones over these guys, either they're just old white guys drafting old white guys, right? That remind them of them young selves, or Mac Jones is a lot better than we think. It's like we live, in a, we live in a Twitter echo chamber where one person that's really credible says they don't like X player. And then it just kind of snowballs out of control where we get this. It's almost like we go in with an expectation that this player isn't going to be as good or we start giving. We don't give him the credit he deserves because we start giving credit to other things around that player. And I think I we do that, that with yeah. Mac Jones because – we give the credit to to Zach Wilson because he had nobody around him, but he's also really not playing anybody either. So we don't hold that against him as much as we give him credit for doing what he did. Whereas Mac Jones, we are giving him credit for things that he doesn't actually have. Like he doesn't have that much around him relative to Tua and he outperformed Tua in my opinion. And statistically you can make the argument that he was better than Tua. So it's like, and Tua had the, the everything he had the rugs, he had the Judy, he had the Smith, he had the Waddle. Mac only had Smith and a little bit of Waddle. So it's like he's a lot better than I think the majority of people give him but, credit for. But Tua had had the name going for him also, which yeah. really just changes the stigma for everybody. That's, I mean, yeah. coming in and replacing Hurts in the national championship game 
And that's basically his introduction to the world. That sticks with people, whether it's big or not, it's subliminal. And it sticks with people when you're doing your evaluation. Like, there's something about this guy. Mac Jones has just always been kind of like the other guy. Like, this is the stopgap between Tua and the next big guy we bring in here. And it just so happens, wow, this guy's really good. So There, there are a couple things there, though. Um, one is Mac Jones is white. Because if Justin Fields were white, Justin Fields would be a slam dunk second quarterback in this draft. Like, it wouldn't even be a question. I don't know. I, for you guys, though. Trevor Lawrence is white. No shit, and he's but he's Dude, so there is shoulders. no allegedly. We're not comparing Trevor Lawrence to Mac Jones, like that's ridiculous. But the fact that Mac Jones is being compared to Justin Fields, it's a if it ain't about racism, then I I don't know what it's about because it's really that simple. But Izzy was right about the whole we do start all piling on. Like I didn't like Mac Jones, and then everyone else started hating him, and I'm like, I hate him too. Like, and I don't even know why. Like, intuitively, like I don't have a legitimate reason for disliking Mac Jones. He's probably okay, kid, whatever. But I want him to fail. So, like, and I don't know. So I don't want to. Reminds me of Kirk Cousins. Somebody that could be like, you know, he could be quarterback eleven, but like, eh. the craziest thing though is like he he has two DUIs. (laughs) If yeah. that was Zach Wilson, I, this would be like a much bigger story. So there is, Mac there Jones is has like, two DUIs. Oh, no, yeah. I definitely don't like him. I there is like back and forth with yeah, all these guys. But um, I, I tweeted out the other day, the most interesting thing to me is not that these guys have risen up ranks, like Mac Jones and Wilson and Trey Lance and all that, but how much Justin Fields has fallen. And you got to be worried about yeah, just those, those one-year wonder at quarterbacks anyways. You know, Mac Jones played one year. You know, Zach Wilson has like a year and a half on him. Yeah, one uh, year, know, guys. Obviously, Trey Lance only has one year, plays one game last year, and he was kind of like subpar in that game, too. So, like, it's like, is, is that Mitch Trubisky? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I it's think, like, exactly. Think, You're I looking think, at I, Mitch I'm more Trubisky. worried about the guys just have the that quarterback just one year, and that's yeah. it. That's that's my biggest thing on any quarterback. It's like, oh, you only did it for that one year, and that's it. Like, uh, a little hesitation. And that's not a knock on Justin Fields. In fact, he's, he's as close to Trevor Lawrence as you could be if he's not even better. But, like, there's no doubt that teams want either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but we'll, we'll continue to play this fun. So the, the funny thing, um, Shane, the that you it. mentioned, the funny thing you mentioned after doing this with you for four years, we see that daily, even on the show, when a guest comes on and starts talking up a player that you haven't really, you go out there and you send trades out and you try to get that guy based on what people are saying on our show. But, you know, Rich, one thing that you said, to be fair, when you were talking about Daniel Jones and you said you said that a couple of years ago, um, you, that was the end of the, the, first round and you got to get him there and the speech was about the fact that it being a super flex and that his value at 12 you have to take him you know so whether two years later it was the right move or the wrong move based on what he's done over those two years you didn't know that at the time but at 12 it made sense to do it and i think you're right because with a lot of these teams when we're in these super flex when you're talking about trying to get players look at the value that sam darnold has right now in all these leagues that i'm in i'm seeing him getting traded for first round picks for some people and everything when a team had if they had like teddy bridgewater and gardner Minshew and drew Brees and uh jimmy garoppolo say they had those quarterbacks on their their t- their superflex team and all of a sudden they lost like almost all of them then you start getting desperate to get players and then the teams that have those extra three or four quarterbacks on their roster you could get a lot more for them so when you were talking about grabbing them whether you needed them or not the value of those quarterbacks is way more than maybe a wide receiver or running back when a team has no chance of getting a quarterback 
Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I stick to it. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a high stakes league where I have a it's a super flex tight end premium league. I have the one three pick, and my team is really good. And I actually have I have Baker Mayfield, I have Kirk Cousins, I have Tua Tagovailoa, and I have Joe Burrow. And I don't, and I I only have one running back, and it's Jonathan Taylor, and that's it. And they're like, I should take Najee Harris there, but I'm still taking the I'm still taking the quarterback. Yeah, there. I'm still going to do it. You have to, and it seems right like because you this... could trade that guy for more than that running back that you're looking for. As or, it's probably, the only position that probably. you can take off the lot, and it actually increases in value. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, right, right. And like I said, I mean, the, the counterpoint too is like when you take a guy there too. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you could take there and trade the guy. I I look at the counterpoint. It's like, okay, if I like, oh, what if you have George Kittle and and Kyle Pitts is sitting there. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna draft Kyle Pitts because I believe him so much, and then I'm gonna go trade George Kittle because I'm gonna exactly. get more for George. Yeah, Kittle. I mean, you right. need to think exactly. about just purely what's the best move for my team. Like, yeah. what can I do for myself? Right? You don't take you don't trade the rookie necessarily. You trade the guy that's on your team that's a little bit older that has to prove in value that's gonna get you the sure thing. It said, why take the risk when you can take the, the guy that offers the higher upside and then just trade for the proven player? Is he economic? As long as you hit on the player that you're taking, it doesn't matter what position you pick. So look at it that yeah, way. Yeah. So that's as long as your guy hits, it doesn't matter. Impor- yeah, that is the important lesson. There's only twelve quarterback ones. There's only twelve running back ones. There's only twelve wide receiver ones. It's a very limited su- supply and demand, like you said. And some of those guys, when you look at it, some of these guys are like older guys, like you know DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, that are 28, 20 years. Like who's who's breaking Tyree Kill, who's going to be twenty seven, like. Who's breaking that mold? Like everybody, and I get it when you're in a dynasty league, like you're drafting that first round pick because you're the only time to get those guys for cheap is to draft them. But like everybody thinks with their first round pick that they're getting the next Christian McCaffrey, that they're getting the next Tyree kill or even the next Justin Jefferson. It's like, no dude, like you're most likely getting a a, a mid at best, a wide receiver too mid round. You know what I mean? Like most likely the odds are so totally agree with you. Samantha, Samantha, you want to say something? Oh no, I was just going to say, I got to go, but okay. I had so much fun with you guys. So thanks for inviting me. Thank you um, for joining and, us. And now I've got all these great notes. And yes, I'm a creepy <laughs> person that writes them all down by hand. But now I've got all of your guys' notes to take into my draft. And I'm going to go win all my drafts. So thank you. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so Sam. much for joining thanks, us Sam. tonight. Appreciate you. Take care. And but the last point I just wanted to make with you, Rich, and what I was saying at the end of that is, especially now when we're doing these mock drafts prior to the NFL draft, it seems to me you have a better chance of getting somebody that might hit when you get those quarterbacks, as opposed to a wide receiver running back that whether we think they're good or not, they could end up getting drafted in the third or fourth round and then they don't ever do anything. So I, I just was trying to agree with you in the point that it does make more sense to go with the quarterback. And I understand. Sam Pat's take too, like you know, get a 50 50 hit on the quarterback, which is which is 100 correct. You know, in the first round, you're a top 10 pick, you, you're 50 50, you're gonna be good. And these guys get paid millions of dollars, like Izzy said, and they have no idea what the hell they're doing because it's so hard to do because quarterbacks all inside the head, you know, inside the heart and in the head. Um, but again, I think that even increases the value even more so because, like Izzy said, I mean, if you take the bottom third quarterbacks, I mean, they're all trash, you know, what I mean, like you don't even want to start to, I mean, who stand who's who wants to start Andy Dalton this right. year on their roster, you know, what I mean, like. It, it's yeah, you so don't want to, to guys. right? No, you don't want to start those guys. It's just, it's just about where's the value. It's like you know, do you, you want that big diamond, or you just want to, you know, you want that big rock, or you want that ring that has a whole bunch of diamonds on it, you know, because it's shiny as well. So, <laughs> it, but everybody, it, it's what's fun about dynasty. It's why there's so many dynasty sites and so many dynasty podcasts because there's so many different ways to play the game. And it doesn't make one person right, wrong, or the other. And we all have our own strategies. It's it's. You know, it's why I started Dynasty Nerds, because I thought the way I played Dynasty was the way to play Dynasty. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's everybody's got their own strategies. And if you love if you love Jamar Chase, 
take him because you're right. He's a really good football player. Yeah, and, he is. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier in the show, for the most part, if you come away out of the first round with a guy that you could start week in, week out, you didn't make a bad pick. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you, you didn't make a bad pick. You bettered your dynasty team. You have a good player. So that's why I love Kyle Pitts anywhere you take him. Like I'm not taking over Trevor Lawrence, but like odds are he's going to be a top five dynasty tight end or fantasy tight end right. for years to come. So like at, at a position that is, it doesn't so, matter what spot you picked him at. You've yeah, got that guy. That's so shallow. Like it, it, again, I, I'm, I talk tight ends left and right on my podcast because it's the one position that gives you a huge edge over your opponents. When you see these dynasty teams that are all top end teams are all good. Where can you get an edge over that player? Well, it's Travis Kelsey. It's George Kittle. You know, Darren Waller, that's where you get the edge to tight end position because there's only literally a handful of those guys that are putting up wide receiver one number. So that's like, to me, the tight end position, if you get a guy like Travis Kelsey, that's literally one of the true edges you can get in fantasy. Because even with Pat Mahomes, you know, you get you get Lamar Jackson's, you know, running backs. You have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Now it's Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, some people are saying Cam Akers for you know, whatever reason <laughs> they want to say it is. But in, in wide receiver, as he said, there's 40 of them, you know. So it, it, everybody has their own way to play and their own strategy. It said, if, if, I'd say on the podcast, if you come away out of the first round with a guy, you could start every day, uh, week in, week out, and not worry about that position for the next five years, you hit a home run in your rookie yeah, draft. It's that simple. That. And that's why drafts like this are so deep. And you get a guy like Rondale Moore, you say, oh, I don't like Rondale Moore. Well, if you could start him every week, that's the home run pick. You know yeah, what I mean? Like right. if, he's if you can start him every week, he's a starter on your lineup. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. if you, you drafted you Robert Woods in this draft and you had Robert Woods, who's wide receiver 13, 14, you, you love that pick. Like you, you're going to tell all your friends that if you took Robert Woods at like one nine, like how good of a job <laughs> yeah. you did. And all you did was get wide receiver 13, 14 for five years straight. And you, that's yeah. a home run pick. You know what I mean? I He's plug not him into my one. starting lineup. That's all that you need. I mean, the, honestly, I'm, not, guys, I'm not here to like, win draft picks. I'm not he? here to win uh, accolades on Twitter. I'm just fucking here to win championships. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I don't care about well, how many draft picks I have you or how good my team's going to be in five years. I just want to win ships. Nothing else. Nothing else matters, man. Uh, Izzy, I it, believe you had, I go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we get fixated on, like, this is the most fun thing to do, is like, look at prospects. We get to marinate over them for a few months. We got nothing better to do. And then we get fixated on our guys, and we draft these guys, and so on and so forth. I would put the rookie draft and, like, your scouting skills in your process of who you're going to take is probably the least impactful to your dynasty team period because once again it's you're flipping a coin even the best people are may, maybe 60 percent hit rate and that's really good um it's it's the process after the fact how you execute on that how you take advantage of the spikes how you take advantage of the dips and like buying and selling at the right times and so on and so forth that's where the best dynasty players are made is taking advantage of those moments it's not where you draft you could you could bomb every single first round pick for a decade and you could still have a championship team if you do yeah. the right things. Oh, I say, I say, I say it all the time when I'm on other podcasts, I'm like, Oh, how do you get like a, you know, for dynasty, how do you expand a dynasty? I'm like, dude, if you want to break dynasty, it's down. It's very simple for like an analyst wise. You just tell people who to buy, who to sell, who to draft. Everything else is out the window. It's that, it's that simple. When to buy, when to sell. And then obviously who to draft helps out too, you know? It does help you say, but you're right. It's, 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 it's those simple points, buying at the lows, selling at the highs. I mean, you do it all the time when there's peaks, you know, you get such good, such a good return and just, you know, like an NFL draft, these NFL, they have all these picks. It's like, how many shots do I have at it? Right. The more assets I can get, the more you, you that I can grab, the higher my hit rate's probably going to be. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of people that make the comment that the offseason is the most fun in fantasy because there is all the research and all the movements and all the, the drafts and the trades and everything. So people have a good time. And when you were saying, Rich, about you you get those guys, the good thing about everybody doing it differently is your guy could be completely different than the guy who's picking after you. So they're excited that you're doing your play because they're going to get their guy. So there's, there's so many different ways to do all of this, you know? Um, um, I really appreciate all of you guys coming in. I'm sorry that we had that problem at the beginning with the with, with the Zoom meeting, but it it all worked out in the end. I think we it, it was a great time, and and we really appreciate all of you guys coming in and doing this. And hopefully, maybe after the real NFL draft, we can all get together and talk about some of the stuff that we did. Maybe have another draft now that we know where everybody landed. Are are any of you guys going to the draft? I, I know Rich. It, it, yeah, you are going. Uh, I already got my tickets. Did you? Well, to be fair, I'm going to all the events, not the actual NFL draft, because I want to stand around and watch Roger Goodell say a name and I can watch Mel Kuyper and stuff on TV. But I'm doing I got my tickets to all the events. I'm taking the kids down and shit like all that. But I got I the NFL one pass. They changed it this year. But yeah, I got it. They already sent stuff up downtown Cleveland. It was starting to come together. So that's awesome. That's awesome. But the big thing is don't worry about the draft. Like who's going to the fantasy expo in uh, August? Well, that was my second question. I was going to ask you. Yeah. How many of you guys are going to be going to the expo? Uh, Shane and I are going. So what about the rest of you guys? I'll be, I'll be going, I'll be going hopefully with the DTC guys, but that's um, awesome. Izzy. Wish yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You're not, going? You're not going. No, I can't. Go. Jeremy can't I'm go, on, but I'm family vacation with my mom and my, uh, my, my immediate family. So yeah, that's I, tough. Can't, yeah. I can't, yeah. I gotta, I gotta run too. Yes. Um, well, thank you. I've, that I've met before. Good to see you guys again, Pat. Nice meeting you. Never Izzy, met nice you before. You. Uh, follow you on Twitter. I don't think I've ever came across you on Twitter. Looking forward to following your stuff. And then, uh, likewise, thank you very much, Izzy. Yeah, thank you. Is. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We, yeah, we hope yeah, you had yeah, a good time. Everybody. <laughs> think, Pat, I just had to look you up on Twitter because I, I, I didn't come across you on Twitter too. Just Pat is a, is a legend. Yeah. That's a legend, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm, dude I'm, so, I, I, I'm too busy studying tape all goddamn day. What am I supposed to do? So I, I looked you up. You have 35,000 followers. I just followed you. So yeah. That's an old Yeah, I'll follow you back as soon as I get off. I, apologies if I wasn't following anyone here, but this was great, man. I had a lot of fun. And I am planning to go to the expo. It's like a five or six hour drive from Chicago. So I think I, I need to do that. Awesome. I'm having, a, I'm having was, a party Saturday for whoever wants to come that for all the animals. Yeah, man. I'm awesome. Awesome. Yeah, but thank you for doing that. Wait, you said Saturday night you're doing it? Uh, no, sa- I'm actually going to throw uh, I have a pretty big pool. I'm going to throw a pool party barbecue uh, during the day on Saturday. So there's a lot of people coming already. So like, awesome. I'll go I, fly I, now. I've been telling uh, Bob Long I feel horrible because uh, the first year he invited me out there, I was we were getting married August 18th, so I was like, I can't make it. He's like, What's your good reason? I said, I'm getting married. <laughs> then last year it was obviously COVID. Then this year he goes, You gotta be coming to the expo, right? I said, I really can't. He said, What's your excuse this time? I said, My wife will be eight months pregnant. So um, so I told Jeremy that's why I won't be there this year either. So, yeah, I was there the first year. It was awesome, but yeah, I can't go this year either. It was Andy. a good time. Well, that's well, awesome. But, uh, see you there next year. All right, guys, I'll see you guys. All right, Rich, thank you very much. All right, everybody, thank Rich, you. Rich, we love you. Pat, Pleasure. you're amazing. Good. Thanks, thank guys. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure yeah, seeing all you guys. guys. Andy, Andy thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. Adios, guys. Thank you, guys. see you guys around. Yep, take care. And then... And Zach is still here. That's great. Zach, you want to stick I'm, around with us while we wrap up the show? I mean, I can. All right. So that was a fucking marathon. Yeah. Um, it was fun, I, man. I'm ready it to go. Fun. I got I got 
four more rounds of rookies <laughs> if you guys want to just run them up. Yeah, dude. That's, that's like, awesome, Zach. I'm that's surprised awesome. Graham, Graham left us. He okay, was the well, guy that wanted to do two rounds. Well let's, ra- well, let's wrap it up. So, Shane, why don't you tell everybody about... <laughs> Look at you. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to mute him for a second. All right, Shane, your face is hilarious right now, but why don't you tell everybody about the HQ crew, please? Yeah, Shane, tell us. Yeah, we have patrons, HQ crew. They already know what happened with this draft because I shared it with them um, Uh first because they give us money. So I like them better than the people that don't give us money. (laughs) Um, You get the uncensored episode of this show, bonus podcast every week. Then we also have a store. Yeah, yeah, we have a store. Jeremy, tell them about our store. DTHQ.storeenvy.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, mugs. Thank you. All right, awesome. And check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. And check us out on iTunes at Dynasty Trades HQ. Zach, we're so happy that you stuck around all the way to the very end. And, Zach, where uh, can people find you? Yeah, that was just about <laughs> I'm I'm everywhere, man. On, on the DFPN at work, it's uh, where I am hanging with J. Mike. So awesome. Well, thank you very much. Well, if everybody made it through this entire episode, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Say goodbye, um, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Say bye, Shane. Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>